Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Week five of the NFL season begins tonight with the greatest player of all time with his new team in an incredible groove, taking on a team that he possibly could have signed with in the offseason. Oh, by the way, let's just totally throw that on the back burner because Tom Brady and the Bucks taking on the Bears is not a big story right now. Different day, same deal. If you were with us in our final hour yesterday, it was all about breaking news in the NFL with Stefan Gilmore's positive test from the New England Patriots. And here we are 24 hours later and we've got nothing but COVID news. We're going to jump right into it. The NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter, to add his perspective in nine minutes. But this from Adam before he joins us. Another Titans player tested positive this morning. And there was an inconclusive positive test from yesterday. You get that all the time, the mixed messaging. And now that has been altered to a confirmed positive. In other words, two more positive tests this morning. Their facility remains closed. They are doing nothing with regard to in-person activities. Practice has been canceled. They are scheduled for the moment to take on the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Meanwhile, Adam also reporting that the Denver Broncos are going to take on the New England Patriots. The Patriots with the Gilmore and Newton test. That matchup set for Foxborough, 425 Eastern Sunday. That is now also in jeopardy. Now, Adam said something really interesting. If you take the postponement, let's say Tennessee and Buffalo don't play. Yes. Take into account that Tennessee and Pittsburgh haven't played. It's been postponed to week seven. That would be potentially two games through five weeks that the Tennessee Titans would not be able to play. Leads you to believe, can you play 16 games over 17 weeks if one team has multiple games canceled and we're a quarter of the way through the season? The league is thinking about it. The NFL, according to Schefter, is saying they might alter their playoff format, which has already been altered to expand mm-hmm. the playoffs this year. But instead of doing it based on wins, like every other sport, they would do it on win percentage with the idea that not everybody can play 16, but are you having the highest enough win percentage? Key the world. It's a long way before we get there, obviously. But what do you think about that notion being put out there? Win percentage over wins if there's an unequal amount of games played. I think that's okay. Uh, you you want to give everybody a fair opportunity and a chance. I don't think, you know, in this situation of where we're at, that Tennessee, because they don't go a full slate of 16 games, should be punished for whatever reason. That record goes to, I don't know, 7-7. Seven and seven. If they only play 14 games, that they don't make the playoffs when everybody else would make 16. I think the percentage-based thing is, is probably something. That's why they're looking at it, that they feel is viable enough to give everybody a fair opportunity. One would say, well, they brought this on them. Their own, themselves. They did this to themselves. We don't know that. True. No, yeah. that's what I said. We don't yeah. know that, but people would say that. Like, oh, they did this to themselves. They should be punished. But we don't know that. Zubin, I wanted to ask you, how many weeks would they potentially miss? Two. At the moment. At, at the moment. At the moment. At the moment. So uh, hopefully everybody will be okay and nobody will be on a ventilator and everybody will be okay being able to fight through this. But a, a, a football question, Key, for you, because I, I feel it on basketball. So after two weeks off and then you come back and you're supposed to play and ramp up against the Texans, depending on how many practices you can, you can get in, how detrimental could it be to players to try to turn on and activate your body to get back up to game speed after two weeks off? Well, if you're taking two weeks off, off and not probably, doing anything. Probably, but you're going to have to if you're going to isolate, well, you, right? You, I mean, I, these dudes got big gyms in their homes, and you know it's just. But that's different than training, actually. With well, as long team, as you right? do some 
football acclimated things, the the game plan that that's installed, the plays that you run are going to be the plays that you run. You're going to probably be sluggish that first week back doing practice, but come game time, two weeks isn't really that long. As long as you running and doing something. Now, if you're just sitting on the couch and eat pizza and chips all damn day, that's something totally different. I mean, it could increase your percentage, your chances of actually getting injured, though. I mean, it's it's look, I know two weeks, it doesn't seem long, but I, I, I will say my personal opinion on this is as an athlete, when I didn't touch the, the basketball for a day, I felt off. Yeah, two weeks. I felt rusty. Two weeks is a pretty long time when you're used to being in your routine, doing your touches, doing your workouts every single day. Football. If you're doing football acclimated things for 14 days, I think you. I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be fine. 14 okay. days, you'll be fine. As long as you're doing something again. If you hit that hole, kicking it. If you kicking it, you smoking weed and eating chips and, and pizza and all that. That's something different now. Mm-hmm. We should also mention real quick. We're sports broadcasters, but we don't work for the Department of Public Health. But one thing that hasn't been brought up so much with the Titans is that region of the country, the Southeast, has taken the coronavirus a little less seriously than other places in America. Now, I different understand, viewpoint. I understand that. And I understand locker rooms are 53 now, 55 guys from 55 different backgrounds. I'm not saying everybody there is in the South, but the organization is based in the South. So I just want to give you some numbers here. And this is in the state of Tennessee. This is something we haven't discussed, but this is important. Yesterday, since yesterday, just in Tennessee, They've had 2,080 cases. 21 people died yesterday in Tennessee. Hospitalizations are up. And you know what the positivity rate in Tennessee is for the coronavirus? No, you're getting ready to tell me. 9.08%. Keep in mind, the NFL was saying if we get to five, we got to test every day. This state, not the players, this state alone is nearly double that. Think about that for a second. Uh, It's serious. I mean, that that is something that, you know, you would think – and I, and you know, I always say I, I'm, I'm sure because I'm, I live in this world where when you have a, an organization, professional organization like Tennessee or any of these other teams, you automatically assume that they're telling their players all the right things. So I would assume that this same information that you're giving me, that they're giving to the Tennessee Titan players, mm-hmm. I, because if I was running the organization, that's what would happen. They would be getting this information to know, hey. It's at 9%, and it's climbing. 21 people just passed away. 2,000 more people. You know, I would be given this information on a daily briefing if I was running the organization. So I would think that whoever is in charge of that sort of stuff yes. is given that, not necessarily Vrabel, but somebody with the Tennessee Titans is giving that information out. Zubin, all that information you just made mention, it, it, this is the conundrum that we all find ourselves in and that we, you know, look, if this thing starts to spike again, what side will the NFL take? Will they ultimately shut it down? I, I don't think he and I think they will. I think they're going to try to forge through. Correct, Key? Well, it, it, it's spiking in different areas, right? I mean, it's just different places. I mean, here in New York, there's certain pockets that's climbing, and California, there's pockets, and here you mentioned in Tennessee. So, depending, Massachusetts, there's climbs going yep. on. So, it just depends on where. In, in For the most part, the NFL, they feel like their protocols are in place the right way is just that they're not the players and the staff are not exercising them correctly. Like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not following the rules. I want to get everybody's Especially if you here. think about a couple of weeks ago, they find a bunch of coaches for wearing their masks down low. That didn't happen last week, but the week before it did. And right. Zubin, just to say, you know, it doesn't help that the NFL season bleeds into fall, winter. Right. 
fall, winter. Like, it just makes it way more challenging depending upon who's sick and how you look at it. That's a great point. Everybody's indoors all the time now. Nobody wants to be out, outdoors and eating outside because it's no longer hot outside. Those are our opinions. We certainly want to hear yours on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What should the penalty for the Titans be? How should the NFL handle all of this moving forward, knowing we're probably on the tip of a proverbial Iceberg. So what should they do? What should happen to the Titans? Scott in Dallas has an option here. He joins us this morning on ESPN Radio. What's your advice to Commissioner Goodell about how to get this done by elongating the season? Scott, you with us? Scotty? Oh, looks like Scott dropped off. That's right. What he was going to say is play games every other week. Now, he needs you, to get straight talk. Yeah. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I'm not going to compromise and let him call back. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. So here's the thing. He, what he was saying is play every other week. You've often said, you know, push the goalpost, move the goalpost, which is a euphemism for just keep moving the calendar back, keep moving the calendar back. That's what he said. Well, you, 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 you can because there are dead periods in the calendar, when, especially when you get into 2021. There's, you know, you got the senior bowl. There's nothing to be said that they can't push all. Just keep pushing it back. Right. Fair enough. The NFL's best insider is here. He's at a very, very busy morning breaking news left and right. And if you're just joining us, I'm going to let Adam Schefter, who joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Adam, as they say in the media business, empty your notebook. What can you tell us this morning? (laughs) Well, Zubin, unfortunately, the news is not good out of Tennessee. There was another positive test of another Titans player this morning. Additionally, the one inconclusive test that came back yesterday, in addition to Corey Davis being placed on The reserve COVID-19 list is the sense that, uh, uh, well, I'm lost for trends. I get a lot of (laughs) texts coming in here. I apologize right now. Okay, let me me recap here because I got a text in the middle of that. One positive this morning. There were two positives yesterday. One was inconclusive. The second inconclusive positive from yesterday is now a confirmed positive. So what I'm trying to say, basically, is that there have been three positive tests now. Over the last 24 hours in Tennessee, that brings the number of positive tests since late September to 23 positive tests. The Titans facility remains closed. There's a ban on in-person workouts for the team that was captured on video September 30th, working out together at a local high school. They're supposed to play the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, and there's not a lot of wiggle room there because if the league wanted to move the Titans-Bills game, to Monday or Tuesday, as it did last week with the Patriots-Chiefs, the Bills play next Thursday night against the Chiefs. And so they can't move that game back any further. And it's hard to imagine, with three more positive tests in the last 24 hours in Tennessee, that the Titans will be able to play that game against the Buffalo Bills this week. And so now we are into scenarios and speculation about what is going to be next for the league, because the Tennessee scenario that has wreaked havoc with that organization is now wreaking havoc on the NFL schedule. And first and foremost, you want to make sure that everybody is okay in Tennessee. And from what I understand and from what I gather, nobody seems to be in serious condition or gravely ill with the virus. So that's the encouraging part here. But now from a football standpoint, the league has got some significant decisions to make as it pertains to the schedule and how the rest of this plays out. Adam, uh, What's the the stress level around the league as these things continue to unfold? I know you've been working tirelessly all night long trying to gather this information about where we're at right now. 
Well, Keith, it's a different season on everybody. I think the best way to describe it is this. Everybody that's involved in it usually has the responsibility of coaching a game, playing a game. Um, You've done that. You know what it's like to go through a regular NFL week to get ready for an NFL game. Now you take that and you add on the testing and worrying about getting your family member sick, worrying about contracting the virus outside, worrying about all the procedures that you have to go through, not going through the regular routine that you do. I mean, it is very hard. I know in talking to some general managers last week, some coaches, the GMs, think of a morning where you have to get up early uh, to go to the airport. You, you set your alarm clock for 5 a.m. because you have a 7.30 a.m. flight. And on the mornings where you have to get up especially early, it, it's hard to get a restful night's sleep. I think you all understand what I'm talking about. Well, these GMs now, they're getting calls early in the morning, every single morning, to let them know if a player tested positive or negative. I can't imagine what it's like to be John Robinson, the Titans GM, who's getting these calls every morning, early in the morning, to find out whether his team did or didn't test positive when there's been a run of 23 positive tests in the Titans organization since late September. Every team is going through it in its own way. Every player is going through it in its own way. Everybody in society is going through it in his or her own way. And so what we ordinarily deal with in everyday life, which is already challenging enough, is multiplied and ratcheted up by the virus. Pretty simple. Chef D, you know, watching the Titans situation, it could be two weeks until they actually play their first game. That, that's just saying on the safe side, who knows how long it could actually be if there's still more positive COVID tests. With the league enforcing a forfeit scenario, if somebody on the team actually does something that puts yeah. the team in jeopardy, how do you balance that of a team? Like we've seen the Titans, if they might miss two or three weeks and then you have a forfeit on top of that, how do you balance all that if you're the league? Well, I know the league floated the forfeit scenario in the strongly worded memo that it sent out Monday to teams. Again, I, I don't see here, in this case, even if the Titans did violate the rules and the league finds that they violated the rules, I don't think that's where they're going to go initially. I think that you conceivably would see the team fined. You would see the team be docked a draft pick or draft picks. But forfeiture of a game, I think, would come in if a team brazenly and egregiously violates the protocols that are in place. And the Titans may have violated the protocols. We'll see what the league turns up in its investigation. The Tennessee Titans have claimed to me that they're innocent, that they've obeyed the protocols, that they haven't done anything wrong. I'll leave that to the league to determine. My point is that I can't see the league announcing today. I'd be surprised. Oh, the Titans have forfeited the game on Sunday against Buffalo. Buffalo gets a win. Tennessee gets a loss. And we're moving on to the next week. I just don't see that playing out that way. But again, We are in unprecedented times where the league has decisions it's never had to make before. And now, with these three positive tests in the last 24 hours in Tennessee, one that came in this morning, one to confirm positive from yesterday that came in this morning, that tells you that the league has some significant decisions to make here over the next 24 hours or so. That it does. 24 hours or so and the number of positive tests for the organization after the latest that Adam reported this morning stands at 23. You can catch Adam along with Key on NFL Live today at 4 Eastern on ESPN and then Adam will be on the 6 p.m. Sports Center as well. I want to mention this week on the Adam Schefter podcast on the tip of teams that aren't playing. 
Adam talks with the Steelers, Eric Ebron, about their unexpected week four bye after they were set to play the Tennessee Titans. Adam, really appreciate the perspective this morning. Thank you, man. Be safe. All right. Thanks, Same Jeff. to you. That's the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter. He brought up a point, Jay, that we discussed earlier this morning. And, you know, Key had his thoughts on it. I think we're a little bit, you know, different on this. And that is, you know, the Titans have said straight up. The Titans says we've obeyed everything. We have done nothing wrong. And it seems to reason that the NFL just wants proof of that. They just want proof of that. But if you played for a coach or take yourself out of the athlete role, um, essentially he says we're doing everything right. And then you sort of find out, you know what? Not that he was doing anything intentional or malicious, but we weren't buttoned up. And by his not buttoning up, he's the leader. He put me in jeopardy. He put my family in jeopardy. He put the guys on the practice squad that are hanging on by a thread to play in the NFL in jeopardy. I'm not putting it on Rabel, but I'm just saying, if there is something there, he claims there isn't, but if there's something there. I'm speaking up. This is big. I'm speaking up. It's big. I mean, if, if that hypothetical scenario happened, right, and, and we've talked about this, and I know that common sense isn't common for everybody, and it, depending upon where you are with this, depending upon who you listen to with all this delineation of information that's out there. If a coach told me that, hey, it's like kind of like a, a voluntary practice. Like whenever I hear the word, oh, it's voluntary, it's never voluntary, right? It's mandatory. They only say that. But if something like that happened and you were put in that situation, if I didn't feel comfortable, I'm saying something. Speaking I'm saying like I'm not going to jeopardize my safety or my family's safety just because I'm getting some pressure put on me to work out, if that was the case, Subin, mm-hmm. if that's a hypothetical case. Well, no, of course not. I mean, it, in, in Vrabel's situation, he's just telling everyone that they've done everything by the rules within that facility. Now, if, they, if the players went on their own outside, that's not the coaching staff in the organization. That's the players getting on their text messages and saying, hey, let's get some throwing sessions in at the high school. That's not the coaches. I, can, I, I, can I ask you a question, though, Keith? Go ahead. So, prime example, mm-hmm. okay? Outbreak here at ESPN, if it ever happened, right? In, in this little studio section here, okay? So that happens, and you're like, hey, look, we're shutting down the studio. I'm probably not going to hit you the next day and be like, hey, guys, let's keep the show together, <laughs> and let's, let's all do it from my garage. Think about this for a second. No, I just and don't. And then continue to get reps up, right? It's like, well, look, let's take some time apart. Let's do the shows from our home for a little while. Let's see how it works. And after we have good two or three weeks, if we feel comfortable, after we have more data, then let's go about doing it. I think that's where my mind goes. But you, but, Just reasonably, right? But, Saying like, okay, outbreak just happened. Everybody's being contracting this thing. We're not sure what's going on. Probably doesn't make the most sense in the world to gather a group that, to work that's, out That's at a high cool. School. That's smart. All that's great. It's smart to think that way. But in reality, it does not work like that especially in sports. The NBA shut well, down. Don't we have to make and, it work but, that but, way but now considering on. we're it, in a pandemic, It, it does, but they're not – you got to remember, man, you're dealing with 24, 23, 25, 26-year-old type dudes that, that are trying to play football right now. So the first thing that comes to their mind is we need to stay in shape to get ready for our game because it's a creature or a habit. In the NBA, there was shut down, everything – Dudes was figuring out how to still get up shots. They were still figuring out how to get up shots, Jay. Right? I mean, they were because that's what they're used to doing. But, Key, that's different, though. There wasn't an outbreak on the team. I, but and, it, and I hear what you're I, saying. I know we're all creatures of habit. It I wasn't know. an outbreak on the team. That's very true. 
But I'm just telling you the way that the mind would think. Tom Brady, and like you said earlier, Z, helicopters flying around. The league didn't want them to do it. They still was out there throwing footballs because that's just how they process things. There still was an outbreak on Tampa Bay. I, all, all I'm saying to you is that I know that's the way that we typically think. We all need to think differently considering what's happening now of course. with this climate. Of course, but you're so asking dudes that's knuckleheads. That's not, you're, you're asking <laughs> I'm not saying they knuckleheads to do it. I'm not saying they should forfeit the game. I'm not saying that at all. I just I think that we need to actually hold people accountable, and there needs to be responsibility, understanding what the situation was, not to be as lackadaisical, lethargic, say, let's just keep working out together after a facility got shut down. I don't want to go to your garage, though, just so that you know. <laughs> I've moved on from that in my career. (laughs) I want to get your thoughts. That was really passionate from Jay and Key, and I know you guys are passionate out there on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, on exactly what the NFL should do if there is an outbreak that stretches beyond just Tennessee. John in Florida is on ESPN Radio. John in Florida is going with the Darwinism. Survival of the fittest, John? Yeah, absolutely. I think Tennessee just has to pay the pipe the Piper and play the game with the players that they have available. Mm. Uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots played. They had uh, confirmed cases. Um, you let them play and, uh, and you know, going to have to face the music. John, thank you very much. Of course, those were unknown cases. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's a huge well, thing. That that challenging. The ones that they did know about, the practice squad guy from Kansas City and Cam Newton did not play in the game. They did not know about Gilmore at the time. I'm just saying – I hear what he's saying. It's hard to do, especially if we have Stephon Gilmore, a prime example. He was negative until he was proven positive. It's just it, – it, it's it's tough. It's no right or wrong way. I don't, I don't know how to navigate this. Yeah, still to come, Lane Kiffin's going to have to try to – na- me in a garage, man. <laughs> it's a nice garage, though. Very well lit. <laughs> he – I mean, it's nice. Still to come, Lane Kiffin's going to try to navigate something that no Saban assistant has ever done before. Beat Nick. As a head coach, he's got an opportunity this weekend. Ole Miss Bama, what will he be thinking standing across the field from Nick? Lane joins us next with the answer. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. As you just heard, game on ESPN 6 Eastern. It'll be on ESPN Radio with coverage starting at 5.30 Eastern. And before we go all SEC, it's a little old Pac-12 reunion between our guest, Lane Kiffin, who joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and Keyshawn Johnson. What's up, Chubby? You're starting already. No, no, I just Lane, know. He can't help yeah, I just no, know. But, but it's a pause. I was getting himself, ready to Lane. say, I figured it was going to come on. I was getting ready to say, I, I do, I appreciate Keyshawn. No. Every time I'm on TV, it's a bad angle. The camera's below me. He sends me a picture of it and says, what are you, 300 pounds now? So I got to make sure you He's my motivation. I got to make sure you do it. 
I actually have lost weight thanks to Keyshawn motivating me. Hey, and, I, and I've seen him on TV last week. He has definitely not lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Lane, wait, wait, Lane before, before Key gets to your question, I, Jay Williams here, I got in an argument with Key this morning because he's obviously a Dodgers fan. And he's up here on national TV radio saying, I can hit a fastball 88 miles an hour. So we have a bet. You think Keyshawn right now can hit an 88 mile? I didn't mile- say right now. Hey, do you think Keyshawn right now can hit an 88 mile an hour fastball? Not a chance. Thank you, Lane. Thank well, you. That's, that's, a, all I that's got. one of those things. Those happen like staff meetings where everybody, you know, as you get older, you still think you can do something. And we had one at USC, Key's buddy Joe Barry, and Joe goes, I could still, we had some kid only jump 28 inches vertically. He goes, I could still jump 28 inches. And we're like, we brought out like the vertical thing, and he jumped like 21. Like, so <laughs> when you get older, it's not the same. No, it, it is not the same. But it is the same. For you in college football, you're now trolling the sidelines at Ole Miss and SEC country. So it's going to be hot and heavy in Tuscaloosa, or is that game in Oxford? It is in Oxford. Yeah, in Oxford. But it may be moved due to the hurricane. You've had some experience with that down in Florida when you were coaching down there. What have you done to prepare for this? Well, we did wet ball really just because um, it's changed. The latest now is just really, really heavy rain by the time it gets to us. So. We're anticipating playing. They're actually um, moving it back. I heard you say five or six. I think they're moving it back now. They're going to announce today to like 7.30 at night or something. Um, so uh, we're, we're still on. Now now you got your old boss, Nick Saban. Uh, that relationship has been well documented. You know, a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, you, you left there with a little, you know, a little sour grapes or whatnot, and you called him elderly earlier in the week, but he kind of laughed it off. What's that going to be like facing him for the first time? Well, first off, as as you know, with the media, things get spun. I was saying elderly because they were saying, you know, is this really you playing against him? I'm like, this ain't me against him. This is the players. We just happen to be the coaches. I said, I'd feel a lot better if it was me versus him. He just had hip, <laughs> hip placement and getting elderly now, so I don't think he could cover me. <laughs> um, but that was funny. I saw him, him laughing about it. So at least I made him laugh. Not too many people can make him do that. Lane, uh- how have you and your team been dealing with everything that's been happening this year? Obviously, a lot of moving parts, social injustice, pandemic. How do you keep everybody focused? It really is nuts. Okay? And like we were saying, someone said, and now a hurricane. So what, what more can happen? Um, but our, our kid, it was just neat to see the kids. You know, it's kind of like that appreciation factor, like I call it, like lost wallet. You lose your wallet, and you get it back, you're all excited, but you're really just where you started. And that's kind of what I felt about, like, playing. Like, they got to appreciation to be able to play that maybe they didn't have, you know, because it was going to be taken away from them. So I think they practiced harder. They prepared harder. Um, so we went through a bunch of COVID early, you know, when kids started coming back to school and everything. And then knock on wood, we've been, we've been three weeks in a row with, with no one in our entire program with that. You, you've had so many high profile jobs uh, and stops during your coaching career. How would you describe where you are now and how your situation is at Ole Miss? Uh, it's an exciting place. You know, when you look at jobs, it wasn't – I was in a great place living in Boca and FAU, and we were winning a bunch, had a lot of really good players. Um, so I wasn't just getting back to get back. It, it really needed to be somewhere that I really felt could win and had the right things in place. And so um, when we looked at Ole Miss, I'd been at Alabama for three years, and our two regular season losses were to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss had won the Sugar Bowl five years ago, and my brother Chris was here during that time, so – uh, I'd visited the area and stuff, and so I knew they had won, and it wasn't one of those, oh, well, they won 25 years ago thing. You know, it was just five years ago, so um, we got to get it back. 
you you got your first victory in overtime against Kentucky. Uh, how did that feel to you, Lane? Obviously, you were in the SEC with Tennessee, but it's been a long time getting a victory at Ole Miss in the SEC. Yeah, it, it was really neat. Um, very, um, you know, emotional game. You know, because one of those games, you know, kind of like that lost wallet where it's twenty-eight fourteen, things aren't going well at the start of the third, and, and we can't stop them. And all of a sudden, they miss an extra point. You know, and, and then we score a minute later to win to win the game. And kids were so excited. I. I I had got a new appreciation for coming into a place that, you know, wasn't rolling, you know, like a, like a USC, you know, where, okay, everybody expects to win all the time. And, you know, the kids at FAU hadn't won, and then these kids here hadn't won. Only won, I think, three conference games in two years. So um, it was just neat to see how excited they were in the locker room. and uh, it, it was awesome. Let me ask you this, Lane, because I, I know you very, very well. And you're in a state down in Mississippi that really – historically has really haven't embraced the injustice in the U.S. at all whatsoever. But you and your team and your organization went out in major protests at, at doing things and trying to get things done the right way. How, how has the team overall reacted to everything that has surrounded that state? I think they've done a really good job. It was very educational for me. Um, I just – you know, just just being here is is different. You know, it's not L.A. It's not Fort Lauderdale, obviously. And so, um, there are some things that are that are behind times, and and that's definitely one of them. And so, uh, like I told the players, this is educational for me to see because I've just never been around this. You know, and so um, it, it's been neat to see people come together um, and and listen. That's been the common theme. Just all sides, you know, listening to each other. We took our players over to the police and. And for both sides to listen, because they don't understand how hard it is to be a police officer also. So in these times, especially. That's a great point. Also, with everything you're doing in Oxford and what Kylan Hill, the great running back from Mississippi State, is doing down there in Starkville, helping to get the Mississippi State flag changed, something that's been flying for over 170 years. So it's a great opportunity for you guys, like you said, to be educational, learn in Oxford, learn in Starkville. It's obviously, it's a, uh, it's a school of higher learning, literally and figuratively. Last thing for you, and I've always been so curious about this, Lane. Jimbo had a chance to do it last week. Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of Texas A&M, former Saban assistant at LSU. Your well-chronicled association with Nick Saban. Nick Saban has never lost to one of his assistants. He is 20 he ain't gonna oh. lose again this week. Oh, oh, whoa, oh, wow, whoa, whoa! Key. Come on, Key. Be respectful, Did man. Did you just hear what he said? Ole Miss's success recently against Bama. Man, Lane, no, I'm playing with him. Okay, Lane, I know you wish you can just reach your hand through this microphone <laughs> and slap Key. So, so Lane, you've had so. I mean, you know Saban as well as he knows you. There's that old trope that sure Saban knows all of his assistants well, but you know him too. Why do you think it's been so difficult for a protege to knock him off? Well, you're one of the few people that said it. You answered it right there. Everyone says, oh, well, all these coaches, they work there so they know how it works. Well, he's pretty smart, too. So what does he do? He listens. He knows those coaches as well also. So it's not an advantage like people think. Like I said, if it was an advantage, then how come everyone's 0-20 against them? You know, so – but also, like I said, too, almost everybody's, you know, hasn't hasn't beat them. I mean, you can name on, like, one hand the amount of coaches that have beat them in the last, you know, five years. So – you know, they're hard to knock off. That they play, they just play. It's just, it's a dynasty. You know, when you got a dynasty, you got to do every single thing right in that game. You know, to give yourself a chance to win. 
Uh, Lane, I, I know there's one guy, though, that's there at Alabama that you do know. And I want to know how much time have you spent with your D.C. on what Steve Sarkeesian and how his mind ticks and how his game plans go. How much time have you spent with the D.C. trying to explain that to him? I've spent some time. You know, we, um, you know, we run similar systems at time. We just go fast. But a lot of the plays are similar to what we do. They don't go fast. But um, So I've spent some time with him, but, you know, as you know, there's a lot of X's and O's, and then there's Jimmy and Joe's, and you know, these guys are, are ridiculous to try to cover. So you got to find a way to keep it in front of you, and then find a way to, to get them on the ground because you know, these receivers are as good as anybody in the country. We'll see him again, SEC style. Stay safe with everything and the weather, and we'll see you Saturday night on ESPN. Lane, thank you very much. Stay off them pork chops, dog. Good luck, Lane. <laughs> it, it's the South Key. It's a little bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see Lane at the Ajax Diner for lunch later this afternoon. That Cracker was Barrel, Kimmel. man. Yeah. Oh, All God. dotting Love through the it. South. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line every weekday morning, including the Lane Train. You know I'm, you know I'm crazy, though, right? Because every time he'll tell you, I take a picture, click, like, Lane, come on, man, 300 pounds. What the hell wrong with you? I'm not trying to lose you. He, oh, I've been working all night. You better go get your ass on a treadmill. We'll see what happens Saturday because they'll be running fast, treadmill or not, try to keep up with Alabama on ESPN and on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, yeah, the big bad NFL put out a strongly worded memo saying teams flout the rules, you might forfeit a game. Why that's way easier said than done, even if the league is mandating it. That's on the way on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Morning, welcome back. And before we let you go, more talk on the bottom line key, which is you've told me a million times, the bottom line is the bottom line. We're talking about money. Follow the money. Follow the money. So from our NFL insider, Chris Mortensen, this is something that maybe some people are wondering. He makes it official. For any games that are canceled in the NFL, not postponed, like Pittsburgh and Tennessee week number seven, games that are straight canceled due to COVID, players will not 
be played, uh, wow. will not be paid. Excuse me. So the Bills, if their game were to be canceled under any circumstances against the Tennessee Titans, they're scheduled to play this Sunday. But if that game were to be canceled, they would not be paid. It's a hot button topic that a lot of people are talking about. Now, a couple of things just to keep in mind here, Key, they're doing everything they can to avoid cancellation of games by doing these three things, essentially. One, roster sizes are moved up from 53 to 55. So it's a couple extra guys. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but get more healthy bodies in there. Uh, Game day actives are a little bit different. IR modifications are different. It used to be IR, you're out for the year, then you're out for eight games. Now it's three. Now it's three. Now you could still have a season-ending injury and be out, but you could be put on IR and actually come back after three weeks to help fortify your roster. So all of those things are but, in play. But Jay, if the game does not go down, I assume you get 17, 16, 17, 17 checks during 17 the checks. season. No check. I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. You know why? It's CBA. Right. Player signed off on it. Yeah, you negotiated it, right? They should have thought about it. it. They negotiated yeah, no, it. Yeah, of course, but I don't know if they for <laughs> they didn't foresee well, having to cancel right. the game. They signed off on it, that's, that's but a, they that's didn't a foresee, you know, they just didn't foresee. Right. But be, keep in mind, the 10-year extension did come right during the March area. So I'm yeah. not saying any of us could have known this was going to happen yeah. and we'd still be stuck in this. But it's not like this was negotiated outside of the oh, pandemic. I'm not, and, and, and I don't think the league is pulling a fast one on them or anything no, no, like that. It's no. just, it is what it is. I, I would, I mean, I'm sure the players would like to play so they could get paid, but the health comes first. And, and I'm sure the league would like to play so they can get whatever monies they're going to receive. We, we should reach out to Fitzgerald Smith and bring him back on the show to kind of talk us through what the steps were. Who as, is he? Who is Fitzgerald I'm sorry, Smith? DeMars. Uh, oh, DeMars. D. Smith. DeMars. D. Smith, yeah. Sorry, I just called him. I, I know, I've been man. I've that for a while. Sorry. I, I know. I'm like, huh? Just to talk through the process of when they were negotiating that because my thing is you, you had to think down the line that yeah, if COVID. Jay. What? I'm, 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 trying to, I'm actually trying to stay negative, Key, if you get it. Boom, boom, um, anyway, boom, 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 boom. Um, but if you're, if you're thinking, if you have foresight to this, thinking, hey, if this thing continues to fester and to build, do you want to put players in a situation where they are getting their pay doctor for not playing games? I would love to get his opinion on that. He's the NFLPA executive director, but how could, to your point, how could anybody foresee? No, you can't, you know, not at all. This, like I said, they signed off on it. There's no question about it, but they didn't foresee this taking place at all. I mean, it just, it's but something can, that can, happened. Can, I, I, don't, wouldn't you have to somewhat plan? I know we can sit here and say, well, they didn't foresee, but if, if you're experiencing a pandemic, if you're talking it through, if you're literally writing out the pros and the cons, and you're like, well, one of the cons, how long will this go? Typically, I'm let me do, to, let me do it, some due diligence on how long it takes for us to build vaccines. Like, is that a three- to four-year time span? So like, you, it had to be spoken about. When did the deal, I'm trying, when did the deal get done, Z? Right around March. Right so around essentially March, the, when we were hitting this. Yeah, right around March. Remember, coronavirus came into the country December, January. But oh. to your point, we didn't start locking down and not going outside exactly. until about March. Right around that time, just before it really hit its major crescendo they moment, they signed a 10-year extension. Remember, that was a very controversial vote because a lot of the yes. young players decided to vote and get their money. This was also thought to be a humongous television bonanza. So the players wanted to get the TV money. The owners wanted to get the TV money. So the onus was to strike the deal. But it did come right there. I will say, who would have thought, if you transport us back to March, to your point, the quickest vaccine on record for months is four years. These things take a lot of time. But who literally would have thought in March we would have not made any progress? I know it's a political statement, but for the most part, we have made, like, no progress. Who would have thought that that, in March? That's a hell of a bet, though. I mean, that's sitting there say, hey, 
you know, we're going to be out of this in six months. I mean, that's, that's not the way you the, would go about doing a and CBA. I would, and I would think that they was at the end of that negotiation. They was right. just waiting for one, you know, a couple votes so they could move forward with it. They probably didn't want to stop and go through all that all over again because that certainly would have set things back. Lame duck year, right? There was just yeah. one year left on it. So the impetus was to get something done. Now, once again, I don't, I don't have all the context. I don't know all the details. That's why I wanted to get him on the show. We can ask try to get him on tomorrow. Why not? But my thing is, like uh, – if you if that was a thought, I wouldn't have mind stopping and then figuring out, hey, let's reset this negotiation. I know the one clause uh helped me um help me with the clause, Jay Will, the the uh the clause that was gonna be in the that was in the NBA. Uh, force, force, majeure. force majeure. I know that yeah. I know that was a big topic as well. Right. I don't know about this one. Yeah. Essentially if you're unfamiliar, force majeure essentially force, is force a line majeure. put in a contract think. that says if something, an act of God were to happen, something that nobody could a anticipate pandemic. a pandemic last seen in this country in nineteen eighteen with the Spanish flu, Hurricane Delta, all these things that are happening. If there is something out of the control of us as humans that happens, leagues would be able to recoup some of their money. And that's a very important thing. Yeah, but thing. that that's the whole league being shut down opposed to one game. One team. Correct. Yes. Correct. That's an important distinction. So as Jay has said numerous times, and I couldn't concur more, just wait till tomorrow, right? I mean, just wait till tomorrow because you don't know what's coming. This is an ongoing thing. We're gonna, I know people say they don't want to hear any more about COVID. I, I don't know what else to tell you. We're canceling games because of COVID. Health over wealth, as Key always says. If you don't have your health, you don't got nothing. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. We will see you tomorrow. Enjoy Brady and the Bears tonight. We'll talk a little football with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.